Hi and welcome to Invest in You. Today we are going to interview Lorraine Gannon, which I think uh, works in property as a, a training called New Era Training, and she's doing a bunch of other stuff that I don't know of, but she knows better. Yeah. So it will be great to get to know you even better. Yeah. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for coming here on the show. Sounds awesome. <laughs> So today we, we have uh, got Sweden connecting with England. Uh, Lorraine, please share some more things about yourself for the audience that don't know who you are. Okay, so um, I'm the other half of um, New Era Property Training. My husband, Rick Gannon, is well known for investing in HMOs. Um, but my background is I'm an accountant, so I trained in corporate life as a, a cost and product accountant for years and years why they weren't making as much money as they should be. Um, it wasn't a, a job where I would sit down and do somebody's um, set of accounts. It was more, you know, what's driving the business, what's the return on investment, um, all those kind of things. So all through my life, I had this kind of passion of, about return on investment and making sure that something is performing. Yep. Um, more recently, I'm, I've been looking at how I can help entrepreneurs coming to more into recurring revenue streams. And one of the things that I've realized over the past few years is that all of our businesses have assets of value that give reoccurring revenues, um, which gives our businesses strength. So that's a little bit about me. That's great. Thank you. Ivan can't read my handwriting. Let's give him a second here. This will be funny. Uh, okay. How, so how, how do you invest in yourself? Oh, great question. Um, not long ago, I sat down and totted up how much um, everything I've invested <laughs> in my brain, and it, and it scared me. It was um, six figures. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I have coaches, I have mentors, I also um, uh, regularly participate in training programs, um, and I work with an accountability group that makes sure that if I set myself goals, I'm always um, delivering what I set, set out to. So um, I'm always looking at investing in my brain and one of the big things that one of my biggest values is learning uh, which I think is why I've got into the online um, courses world and helping other entrepreneurs to to monetize their knowledge and their IP because I think it just aligns with my whole it's that intersection of where my um, my passion of learning is and actually reoccurring revenues so the two yep. just just meet beautifully so basically invest in your knowledge uh, very much well, what do you what do you prefer investing in? Mostly knowledge. What do you like investing in? Um, I like investing in property, so property yep. portfolio. Um, always had a passion for property. Um, I like investing in myself as well. Um, I have an, an addiction to books. I like the um, the feel and the physical smell of books. So um, Amazon come quite regularly to my door every day. <laughs> Um, I also have an Audible account, so I'm always listening to stuff. And, of course, I love podcasts. So, um, yeah, I'm always trying to – I think the, the older you get, and um, great that you guys are doing this, but actually you just realize how much you don't know. So Yeah. yeah. You sound like a very productive person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the challenge for me is actually how do I switch off? Um, you know, what is that kind of um, – um, that bounce back from that you know how do you relax so yep. so what does our podcast name invest in you mean to you investing in yourself 
Invest, yeah, definitely. So it, it would be. And I think actually there's a shift coming um, at the moment for, I see more and more people investing in themselves in terms of their their knowledge and where they can take their income. Um, and I think the world's changing. We're becoming more and more entrepreneurial. Um, and that education will need to keep up with the whole um, business community because I think one of the reasons that um, wages have stayed stagnant for a long time is actually because education isn't meeting business needs. Um, and that's potentially why you're finding that university um, qualified degree led people are, are ending up in um, sort of minimum wage jobs. It's very unfortunate, but I think actually businesses need a set of skills um, and, and are very, can apply their knowledge in a particular way. Um, and I, th- I think potentially businesses in the future will be leading the, the world in education. So for me, invest in you is definitely about um, how modern, modern businesses can serve um, the community, but also there is also a big a big um, health drive as well. Um, and ha- actually, I don't know if you, you see it more and more now, but even when you go into supermarkets, you see things like um, more allergy-type related nutrition products um, and free-from products are in a boom industry at the moment. And more and more people are becoming aware of how their nutrition and investing in their bodies becomes a, um, a key requirement they just can't avoid anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. That- this is this is close to your heart, right, Ivan? Yeah, I like this whole training thing. Yeah, but okay. I agree on you that school isn't really ideal for becoming a businessman, and you yeah. really have to. But since you're forced to go to school, you can. Uh, you might as well just use school for learning and what it's yeah. basically meant to do. School is good, but I think that investing in like courses and stuff can really take you to the next level. And people yeah. need to understand that if they actually use that knowledge, then they will make money off going to events and stuff. Yeah, when they use it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, but businesses, we're in a digital world now, and actually it, businesses need to take that on board. And, um, and, you know, actually people can make money out of things like YouTube and Facebook. Um, and that social, whenever there's a connectivity or increase in connections, there's always um, an increase in the speed of money um, and the resistance that money has um, to two things is can increase the, the value that you, you bring to that product. So I always look for where, where there is less resistance and social media brings that to the modern day world. And actually, you know, children who embrace that technology um, I think we'll see themselves at the forefront of businesses of the future, but I'm not sure that an education system has that that mentality. So I sympathise. <laughs> yeah, people who use social media for like good stuff, they blow up fast. I mean, yeah. in in a positive yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many. Well, not very many. Uh, there aren't so many like little kids that have had businesses, but when they do it online, it always seems to work well when they know how to use it. So. Yeah, um, my son has just recently started a YouTube channel. Um, and actually, if you think about how um, somebody with a disability like he has, how does he access a modern day business? Um, and he has to kind of put value out into the world in a different way because he doesn't have um, the physical assets or the perhaps the um the learned intelligence that we get from an education system when we come out with a range of certificates. So he's having to think about his education and how he 
earns his money of the future in a different way. Um, so it, it's it, at the moment he's um, he's doing all sorts of things about um, dyslexia and and how he, the challenges for him around reading. Yep. Uh, but a lot of adults don't read and don't have those um, don't have access to education materials that can provide them of value. So sure. actually, you know, in, invest in you. There are some people that are have those barriers and can't reach reach. Um, reach the learning products that we th- we all take for granted. Yeah. His YouTube channel is like a, is it like an informational and motivational uh, YouTube channel? What's it about? Uh, yeah, I mean, just finding his voice and he's just getting started. But basically he's, um, he's looking at how, um, what challenges he has and how he's overcoming them in the modern world. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. But he's doing really well. Great. <laughs> That's great. Perfect. I'm fine. It sounds great. I mean, sounds fine. Sounds kind of boring. Yeah, you, you've had uh, quite a few shifts in your own career. We spoke about it before we started the podcast about moving in from a normal so-called job into another yeah. job and then onwards. So tell us a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, so I, I started life as a corporate accountant. Um, and like I said before, I spent many months analyzing and and finding the, the real drivers behind a business, why it should, should or shouldn't make more money. Um, and I love that element of the business, and I do love business. So um, one of the things that um, I, I realized is that actually perhaps, and I always had this thing about exchanging time for money, and I always knew that I would never potentially grow my wealth by staying in a nine-to-five corporate career job. Um, so I wanted to take back the ownership of that problem for me, I wanted the problem of um, my salary growth and, and to be all on my shoulders. Yep. Um, so I deliberately looked around for, um, I started with a franchise partner network um, as a consultant. I could have gone and, and looked for things like um, accountancy practices, stuff like that, and use that qualification that I've got. But I realized quite quickly that I didn't want to be responsible for two, 300 clients' tax returns every year. That felt like um, work and time yeah. for money again, which absolutely was. So I looked for something with a, a more recurring income revenue model, um, and I found a sort of a procurement consultancy that would do things like cost savings off the back of that. And um, so I did that for a while, but after a while, I, I came up with the the struggle of um, I was still trading my time for money in some respect because I wasn't building an asset that I owned. Um, and that ownership became quite a challenge for me and and um, just the opportunity to, to sell um, as widely as I wanted to. Um, so I, I realized then that I'd, I'd just fallen into a, a similar trap, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> as you do. Um, so um, I, I looked around for other things to do, um, and then I invested. Started, we'd been investing in property since 1997. Um, had a couple of accidental properties. Um, we moved around the country and collected a few, couple of properties by accident. And then um, we we ran pubs for a while, and I was still working. Um, but again, that was really hard work, and and, <laughs> and definitely not family orientated. And we had a chain of five pubs for a while. Um, that was before. Um, who, who was running that while Rick was was serving still, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was running all the books oh. and the accounts and stuff, and then Rick was. Um, Rick's actually a, um, trained in the army as a chef when he first started out, so right. he has he has a lot of hidden skills. And uh, anyway, um, so we did that for a while, um, and then um, I 
was in corporate life still and, and did the whole consultancy thing and then started looking at property more seriously. Um, and it was only really when um, our property portfolio took off that we found um, the, the whole investment strategy of having the assets and having the recurring income and investing for cash flow rather than just flipping. Yep. We have fit in our earlier, sorry, People that don't know what flipping is, it's kind of when you renovate a house and then sell it on for a profit. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've tried a lot of different strategies, but the strategy that works the best for us is houses of multiple occupation. They're high cash flow. Um, and if you get the um, if you get the investment strategy right, um, you can um, get good returns on your investments for yeah. that. So. Yeah, dad also likes HMOs, yeah, yeah. he has many. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so one thing I really like with what uh, Rick is doing is really systemizing things. Like I say, a lot of that yeah. in you, maybe even more in you. So Sholia has got a question linked to that. Yeah, so how do you, have you taken a wealth dynamics test? Yes, what do you think I am? Well, we were talking about, about me and dad, <laughs> and I, dad said that you were a star, but I thought he uh, meant... What's he called? The one in the middle between stuff Create, and creator. Yeah, yeah, I thought he meant uh, create. So I thought you were a mechanic, but yeah. you were a star, said yeah. Dad. So what do you, What are you in I am action? a star. He's yeah. right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, can you guess what Rick would be then? Uh, I don't know Rick. I don't know Rick either, but... Uh, that, that's <laughs> like mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Given mechanic I, I and maybe... aren't so far apart, so that can be understandable. Is, a good, he a, yeah. is he a mechanic? He is a mechanic, yeah. That's and a good and I think given given the profile of our business, that would make sense, right? Yes. Because actually we have um he is the mechanic, he looks at what outcome he wants and works backwards from it. Um so I, I think being around him for so long I've picked some of that up. Yeah. Um but definitely, yeah, so um he's produced um we're both co-founders of gotenant.co.uk, um, which is a piece of software that automates HMO um, on tenant recruitment and property management systems. So um, a very systemized process of um, recruiting tenants. And actually, it means that we have virtually no voids and um, zero arrears. All of our rent rolls collected in on the first of the month um, because of those systems and processes, which enables me to do other things like teach people how to monetize yeah. their knowledge so yeah you, you got uh, i think two things so far at least that what we need to buy from you i think <laughs> uh, because they, they asked about to have their very first hmo uh port in it right yeah in derby right yeah not yeah. too far from you okay yeah it'll be fun yeah so it's in, in the planning process at the moment uh for a 10 bed hmo yeah and they have a, a part of that so how do you like the idea of having things systemized in a good way Hmm? You so like the idea? Sounds great. Yeah. So I'm not very good with systemizing stuff. It kind of get kind, everything I do kind of gets kind of all very random. <laughs> so I probably need help with my systems. Yeah. Is it is this just between get, the two of you? When you profile, get all the different when you get all the different wealth dynamics profiles together, it usually works pretty good. Yeah, and you know, I think actually as you know, one of the tips I would give you as, as family members is not to take that relationship too casually. It's actually where you can to formalize it as much as you can. Um, because actually writing stuff down and systemizing it and just the, the whole relationship piece is really, really important. Um, I've worked in family businesses for years. Um, Rick and I have worked in 
catering pubs and stuff together. And, and actually, that's one of the most intense. If you've ever seen um, Gordon Ramsay's um, Kitchen Nightmares, you know. <laughs> Charlie watches he, that sometimes to yeah, like, basically he, I mean, waste his time. <laughs> He swears like a good one because that's why, it, because it's so pressurised. You, you just like, um, you've got, people are waiting for food, you've got um, stuff on order and it's just really intense. So it really does bring out all the flaws and test the relationship. But actually, um, Rick and I have been working together for years and we've got it really systemized and processed because of that experience um so you know if you can take different roles in a business and and actually document that and systemize it from that respect i think that would give your business model a lot of strength so that's great and then uh, one thing is uh, this is a bit off topic but um it's great having you on the show since you're female because we want to have like even podcast in the way that we have like both male and female (laughs) So that's great. Okay, thank yep. you. Yeah. And that you're so nice and uh, sharing valuable information <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. And in terms of the, the, the male female entrepreneur things, anything you picked up as, as good learnings from having worked with clients of all kinds over the last many years? Um, yeah, I've always, I've always, I've got used to working with in a male dominated um, industry. I, I worked in um, in a very male-dominated industry in um, corporate accounts when I was in um, construction. Um, property is very male-dominated, um, so there's certain industries that seem to attract um, the male and female divide. Um, I think one of the things I, I, I think I take it for granted now, so I'm not sure I can, um, I suppose, give you that um, that insight, but. Um, Somebody gave me um, a tip many years ago, and that's just to treat everybody in business as if they are friends and build those relationships based on that friendship. Um, and I worked all of my team, all of my staff that I used to have um, in, in all of the businesses and still now in the business we have now, I, I tend to like value that relationship based on that friendship. Um and I think um, sometimes that can be different if it's male and female, um, but you just respect those boundaries and that when it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we bumped into each other um, quite recently on the on the educational program. Uh, yes. What's that one called? <laughs> I did. What is that one called? What's the program uh, called? Key. Pro- the project. Oh, yes. it, um, you mean on key person of influence? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. What's your project there? What's my product? Yeah, no, your project. You got something my coming project. up quite soon, which I heard you speak about. Uh, a book, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have a book coming out. Um, um, fire the... Uh, sorry. Sack the boss, fire the clients. If I can remember the title of my own book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's um, Sack the Boss, Fire the Clients. And it's deliberately... Um, contrarian I suppose because actually what I want to do is inspire people that they don't need to um to continue down the exchanging time for money aspect um it's one of my key values I'm I'm passionate about helping people get out of of that that conundrum because it caused me so much stress in my life I want to help as many people as I can avoid that um, one of the things we're doing is helping people monetize um, their knowledge. So if you're in an exist, you're in an existing business um, and you're a consultant or you're a coach or you have some kind of knowledge or 
um, particular understanding or insight into your industry. I'm helping people monetize that knowledge and put it into online courses. I've been doing this organically for the last couple of years, um, JV'd with different um, subject matter experts um, across different industries with it. And we have um, a very successful program that was deliberately designed based on the outcome of not having too much of our own time invested in it, but about sharing stuff that could transform people's lives. So um, that's my current project. Um, The book should be out by November. Um, If you want to get some more details about it, you would need to go to www.newera.training. That's new era as in N-E-W-E-R-A.training. Um, and that that information will be available on there when the book's released. So sounds great. Yes. How do you like that idea of the book? It sounds great. It's like it sounds good. Oh my god, <laughs> saying the same stuff here. Yeah, but I'm reading here on LinkedIn, and it says that you like to change people's lives. So yeah, yeah. Everything here seems to be true. Multiple business owners, true. Love making things happen, very true. <laughs> yeah. Loves adding value to others and change their lives. That was a very good uh, samanfattning. What's that yeah. called? Yeah, summary. Yeah, summary. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to hear more about examples of good recurring business models that you come across. Yeah, the, we, the we, men- we mentioned intellectual property a bit. Happy to hear more about that. We mentioned property a little bit. Happy to hear your more takes on that. Anything else that springs to mind or dig deeper? Um, well, I think one of the things I wanted to sh- perhaps share with you is that if um, one of the, the three things you need to to succeed online with your with your knowledge and your IP. There's there's three things that in my experience um, I've seen work well and I know people that make £80,000 a month um, in re- just on things like photography subscriptions um, and memberships um, schemes like that. And we're, social media has enabled a whole community to become friends and familiar with that advert having to meet in person. So it's it's breaking barriers in ways that I don't think we could have expected in the business world. So if you if you look at the three things you need, you need to know what your your valuable IP is. So you have to have some insight into where your value is and actually what you can do for other people. What problems can you solve and what outcomes can they um, achieve as a result of working with you? Um, the second thing is you need the right structure. So every every recurring income program online needs the right structure to become recurring income. I see a lot of people make the mistake of um, selling one-time, one-hit wonders type things um, or, or courses or programs that just sort of last for the next 12 um, 12 weeks when actually if you set up a recurring income um, product in the right structure on a monthly basis, then that should serve you well in terms of the the way the product works and the timeline and the membership. Um, The third thing is you need to sell it. Um, Recurring income, you do need to sell your product. So there is some work to be done on an ongoing basis. Um, A lot of people uh, avoid the whole sales sales piece, but unfortunately you have to sell stuff. So those are my three insights into why what you would need to make that work sounds perfect and uh, i'm just guessing people can read even more about that in the book quite soon sorry you broke up on that last uh, piece of course i say again uh are there any links it sounds like there are links from what the, the great list you shared with us to the book 
Yeah. So in the book, there's a whole list of different subjects that you could cover to um, to monetize online um, to give you some ideas. We do an idea and asset audit as well. So we go through where the quick wins are. So some people don't know what their IP is. We go through a sort of an audit on that. Um, we go through a database, what your assets are, what collateral you have already, um, potentially what lists you have, um, all those sort of things. And one of the, the challenges for, for most people is just um, actually deciding whether that value, that their valuable insights or their IP is worth something in the market. So one of the things that I teach people to do is to test that um, through expressions of interest first. So rather than rushing off writing reams and reams of um, course material, we go through a process um, and we have five E's in the, in the business. So we, we explore your your IP, we do expressions of interest, then we go through an execution piece, and then we would go into expand and then we would go into evolution. So Excellent. we're looking for different stages for people to achieve different outcomes and goals. Good. That was perfect. Yeah, I lo- love those extra insights. That's very nice. Perfect. Good Thank system you. once again. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're impressing the creator here. Yeah. <laughs> I've just had to go through a massive rewrite because I realized um, that some of the stuff that you do, and, and even me, you know, I have to like know where my, my IP is and I do stuff automatically and systemize my business in a way. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, good. What else? So, we spoke about systems, we talked about business partners, we spoke about Rick a bit, uh, we focused on you, which is the main, uh, very main person in this podcast, of course. We've spoken about new era training. Uh, we've got a little uh, trick question for you here that we ask guests from all over the world. So what has been your best office so far? Best workplace. It can be a temporary one. I don't know. Um, my best, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I remember working um, on a balcony in Tenerife when I was on holiday once with my laptop. And so that was a true laptop lifestyle. But I also remember that I missed that afternoon whilst I was on holiday. So um, it's a bit of a dichotomy there where actually was that the best <laughs> or the worst type scenario. Um, but um, I love cruising um, and being on cruise ships because actually um, sometimes there is no Wi-Fi, there is no internet, um, and it just enables you to go um, relax, chill out, and do your best thinking. And I think actually if you can get your best thinking together, then yeah. that's probably the best workplace ever. <laughs> Lovely. Perfect. That's good. Uh, just yeah. uh, fr- free-flowing. Yeah, there's some benefits to like being off the internet as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think we all we all um, forget how valuable thinking is um, and just planning through what is a, a good process in a business or um, we're so overwhelmed with um, with distractions. So social media is is the other. There is always that yin and yang to everything, that balance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Whilst it's it's um, empowering for businesses, it can also be a major distraction. Um, so, yeah. And also, under, uh, you can also think about why you're doing what you're doing, why you decided to start a business and how you hope to help others or do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and one of the things that I do do to switch off is, again, I probably didn't realise this until we spoken, is um, every 90 days I do put a week off in my diary um, just to kind of 
build the energy levels back up, just to go through the thinking, just to refresh the goal list. And I think you get a sense of priority then. Um, and successful businesses and high performance businesses are about focus and about setting your priorities. Yes. Yeah. And uh, most people that aren't machines need some rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm the average guy. I'm just like saying all the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like training. Like sometimes you need to take what's called a deload week. Yeah. Then you take a whole week off, and then you might find that you're even stronger and better than what you were before that week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good recovery time. I like that. And it's like it's the same way with the brain. It works pretty much the same. You need rest sometimes. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. Like summer holidays. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ivan thinks I'm a machine. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to say it, though, but I, I was thinking about saying it. I'm yeah. working on getting myself to a machine, but yeah, I'm not really there yet. <laughs> you mean like dad who's got no feelings, etc., like a machine? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I think it refers to sleep and workload, etc. But uh, that's good fun. Yeah. Do you work a lot, Frederick? Uh, I got very high working capacity. I don't really need to sleep or recover that much. Uh, so I do quite a few things. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think life's a waste to be sleeping, but, um, yes, I, agree. I, I understand there are different, yeah, different <laughs> school of thoughts about whether you need enough sleep or you don't, you know, high performance get up early in the morning or all of that. I don't know. Um, just for me, I, I wake up every day around five thirty, and I just, I've got to get up. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you another one that I just came up with here. Do okay. you have cool. any morning routine? Uh, yes. So um, I always have to get up and feed my dogs. My dogs love um, love food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that that's the first thing that has to happen. Otherwise, they just go, they just go mad at me. Um, I always... Um, have um friendly bacteria um that's one of my things i like to make sure that um i've got a dose of those on board and then caffeine um once i've got the caffeine on board then i normally go through um i run a journal i run a paper-based diary as well you might be shocked to hear that um no. so uh, i like to go through my journal and my paper-based diary and work out what the day has in store for me um and then just prioritize i'm always looking to achieve the three big things i'm just looking at my diary and my desk now um whether i've done them today or not so yeah and i always go to the tasks that are um money orientated so um, what are the money motive what are the money making tasks of today um because that that puts um that puts uh, the the world to to at ease for me. Once I yep. know I've done that, then I can uh, do do other stuff. Good. I like the idea about prioritizing. <laughs> Getting them at seriously now. I, I let them read Getting... Miracle Morning some days. Yeah. Do you? No, I, I let them read that some days. Once <laughs> again, good oh, okay. systems. I need to start with this stuff. When, when you feel like it's a joy to get up in the morning because you look forward to kind of all the great things that will happen even before other people yeah. wake up. That sounds that's weird. That's a great place to be. I like that. Yeah. 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 I think we've only got, you know, if you think the world is abundant and you're, and you know, there is plenty of energy and there's plenty of stuff out there, then the only, the only two things you really have are body, your body, your gift of your body and time. 
um, everything else is is there. So um, if you put those two things into perspective, I think actually then everything else falls in behind that. So that's my tiny bit of wisdom for you. (laughs) Would you like to hear today's reflection as I was building with Ivan? It's it's linked to a very much similar thing. Yeah. I tried to explain to Ivan, uh, I just re-listened to half of... um, uh, DJ DeMarco's uh, Millionaire Fastlane and yeah. there he talks about trading time so most people trade five days for getting two days off Yeah, and that's very much a, a never-ending story for many people and I try to explain to you why I forced myself to work extremely little while I am uh, with the family so I got like a 50-50 setup so I'm yeah. trading in that case three and a half days for three and a half days and yes those tiny one and a half extra days, I did a calculation, I explained to Ivan that uh, if you do the normal 5-2, which is the normal, that means more than 70% of your life, you will end up working to live less than 30%, if you call yeah. live, not work, but people luckily do enjoy work as well. Uh, I can have two lives mathematically by wow. that tiny, tiny, tiny shift, yeah, assuming yeah. that there will be 100 years, I will have two normal person's lives in my lifetime in terms of if not working is living but I also really love working so Charlotte you got the comment yeah but when you have um, when you have got passive income and company then you can just uh, take that and then you've got true plus uh, time over time true time efficiency is very important yeah yeah and I think actually there's a there's a maybe a second or a third book coming out of my head um and actually there is at the moment there's this thing about actually detail is a bad thing um but what i see in in some of our in people's property deals for instance is that actually the tiny details make all the difference um and they fail because of that but there seems to be a culture of detail is is um is a bad thing or it's irrelevant um but i actually think the smaller that you go um the more focused you are and the, the detail and the small stuff counts it's like the small things of family and um, sharing meals together are the things that will count in the future whereas the big things like businesses and how much uh, money you're making won't be the things you remember in the future so i think there is this balance between small and and large large things in life um so I, I, I love the concept that actually you've gone quite small in actually changing that timeline from um, trading five for two and actually, you know, you've got sort of a, a better balance of two and a half for two and a half. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, what is the best way for people to find you and then what you do online? <laughs> uh, so the best way is to reach out through me from Facebook. Um, yep. So I'm Lorraine Gannon on Facebook. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, as we've discovered, um, and also on um, newera.training. Um, that website is um, is all about this online training product and how I can help people do that. One of the things I, I haven't mentioned and I'd love to just touch on is actually yep. that I'm quite passionate about how um, trading time for money is a big sort of Western um cultural issue that we, we we've been talking about but actually a lot of people um, trade their time to walk to water in poor countries um, and one of the things that um, I'm doing as part of this is supporting 
um, people to actually um, bring water um, into their lives and not have to trade their time eight hours. It's quite typical for women and children to walk eight hours a day just to get water for their family. Um, and yeah, actually, if we can address that, it's quite a gender issue. And, and also it affects children and, and disabled children as well because they can't literally go and get this water. So they're in bad sanitation um, and, and socially poorer for it. So one of the things that this business is going to do is actually align um, with um, the water charities around the world. We've recently just given um, 3,200 days to um, of water to Ethiopian children and families. And that's one of the things that this business is passionate about is actually developing that story um, where I can help people stop exchanging their time for money yep. in the Western culture, but marry that with um, a cause that um, speaks to the same story. Yeah, uh, we, we, we like the thought of that as well. We yeah, work the with, uh, one. Are you, is that what you're thinking about? Yeah, no, we work with quality education as our main one, but as part of that, there's a lot of giving towards water from our side as well, uh, because... Again, you need need to have have that as well uh, as part yeah. of, the, of the living aspect of things. So yeah, no, that's great, great sharing. It would be that. good if Lauren. everyone decided to invest their time and resources to help others. So that it would yep. like uh, be more even between everyone. Yeah, just a little so bit, but consistently, and it adds up. You know. Yeah, everyone yeah. that helps, uh, everyone that helps makes the world more even. Yes. Yeah, definitely. There's something there about compound effect, and also um, just where the world is abundant. It's just about distribution. Yes. Agreed. And another thing is that some things you can duplicate. Some things, for example, knowledge. You can uh, tell someone else, uh, give someone else your knowledge, but then you still keep your own knowledge. Unlike money, that uh, yeah, it just disappears when you give it to someone else. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yes. I'm not sure. Yes. Different Good. things. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on this podcast. Super appreciated. You're welcome. Uh, yes, very. I hope you do you. amazing things. Keep going. Sounds awesome. I'm loving it. So Good. thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Lorraine. See you later. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. This has been episode 24 of Invest in You. If you like this podcast, then you can contribute by giving us a five-star review because it makes me happy and it helps out the podcast a lot. So thank you and goodbye. <laughs>